0: Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck and welcome to the word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you this morning to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world we are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works so go ahead and get your Bible your notebook your pen your highlighter and let's get ready to dig into God's word but before we do let's begin by beginning with our Bible confession so go ahead and grab your Bibles in your hand and repeat after me this is my Bible I believe every word I am who it says I am I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith. It'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again, and neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every opportunity to approach your throne of grace. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you would just move me aside, take my place, speak for me, Lord, speak through me, prepare the hearts and minds, Lord, of your people, Lord, make them receptive Father God, that they would receive, Lord, your unadulterated word of God. Father God, Lord, that it would transform, Lord, that it would shift us. Father God, Lord, that it would make us into that which you have already declared that we are. Father God, Lord, your word declares, Lord, that anytime we can see, hear, and understand, Lord, we can be converted. And, Lord, so we would come, Lord, for a conversion experience. Father God, Lord, that we would become all that you've declared for us. Father God, Lord, that we may be used for your purpose in the earth. Father God, Lord, you've called us, Lord, to be your change agents. And, Lord, we thank you and we accept that assignment. Father God, Lord, we know that times are getting short. Father God, we know, Lord, that the earth is getting darker, Lord, but you've called us to be salt and light. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that that assignment, Lord, is on our lives. And Father God, we proudly accept it. Father God, we walk in it. And Father God, Lord, we shall, Father God, obey every command you give us, Lord, that we can do and have the impact, Lord, you've called us to have. And we thank you, Lord, for today. We bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, anything that would attempt to hinder us from walking in and becoming that which you've called us to do. And we thank you and believe you, Lord, for it all. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, praise God this morning. Now, if you've been with us, you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And he's chosen us to be his change agents in the earth. And our job as believers is to be salt and light, to change the flavor of the environment wherever we go, to influence those we come in contact with. And on last Sunday, Pastor Portia preached an awesome message about tapping into a higher frequency. Because in order to fulfill the vision that God has for us as the church and have the kind of influence and impact that he intended, we must be able to hear from God and do what he says. We must learn to recognize his voice. As a matter of fact, open your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. First Samuel chapter three. And when you get there, look at verse one. And I'm going to be reading this from the new King James version of the Bible. I'm sorry, the new international version of the Bible. And here it reads the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Now, in this scripture, we find the story of the prophet Samuel and his first encounter with God in which the boy is sleeping when he hears somebody calling his name. But when he hears the voice, he thinks it is his master Eli. So he runs in and tells Eli, here I am. Then Eli, who was probably half asleep, tells him no son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed. But again, the Lord calls him. So he gets up and runs back to Eli. And says, here I am. So Eli, by now, is getting a little irritated. Says to the boy, I told you I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And Samuel goes back and lies down. But then a third time God calls to Samuel and he runs to Eli and says, here I am. But this time Eli realized that it is the Lord who is calling the boy. So he tells him to go and lie down. And if he calls you again, say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. So he went and laid down again. And when the Lord called again, He said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, the thing that I found to be fascinating as I will study the scripture was that in verse seven, it states that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the reason that this was so interesting is that because here is a young boy That has spent his entire life in the church. But still does not yet know God. Stay with me now. We're talking about the same Samuel. Who would one day anoint kings. The Samuel whose mother Hannah had been blessed with him after she cried out in despair to the father. And in return dedicated him to God. Then right after she had weaned him, took him to Shiloh to be raised by Eli before the Lord. So I would expect you might ask yourself, how is it that this boy who spent his entire life in church still does not yet know God? Well, the writer clarifies this as he tells the story. He he says that, The reason Samuel did not yet know the Lord was that the word had not yet been revealed to him. The Bible says, how shall they hear without a preacher? Or somebody ought to thank God for giving you a man of God. See, because he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the works of service. Somebody type in the comment, even a prophet has to be equipped. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now I'm sure that many of you, just like I did, grew up where church was an integral part of your life, where if something was going on, you had to be there. And here we see that Samuel literally lived in the church. As a matter of fact, when he heard the Lord calling, he was asleep on the floor in the temple. So it's not just enough to be in the building. See, we've got folk who've been in the church for 40 years and still don't recognize God's voice because the word has not yet been revealed to them or somebody type in the comments. You need a revelation. But what I want you to notice is in verse four, something very peculiar takes place. Even though he does not yet know God, the very first time God calls, Samuel answers. It's right here in the scripture. Uh, The Lord called Samuel, Samuel answered. See, before he got up to go check with Eli, he answered. Before he wondered, why is he calling me? He answered. He he didn't tell him, wait a minute. He didn't say I'll be right there, but he answered. And the reason is because it is our natural response to answer when we are called. For example, if someone in the room with you right now were to call your name, your natural response would be to answer. But the question is, do you know who is calling you? See, because in the times in which we live, there are so many voices vying for our attention. I I mean, everybody's got a podcast. Everybody's got a microphone. So whether it's our personal desires, our lust, our popular culture, the political climate or the enemy himself trying to discourage us or get us to disobey God. There's always something whispering, shouting, trying to get our attention and convince us to wander off the path that God has called us to. And that's why it's so important that we tap into a higher frequency, that we learn to distinguish his voice from those around us. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, learning to distinguish his voice. Is that all right? Because Jesus himself said, if we are his sheep, we will by no means follow a stranger. But instead, we will flee from him for we do not know the voice of strangers. Somebody type in the comment. Don't talk to strangers. Yeah. Hmm. Now, the main reason why so many believers have trouble distinguishing the voice of God is because they're not familiar with it. Now, notice I said they're not familiar with it. I didn't say they never heard it because Jesus himself said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. As a matter of fact, the message translation puts it this way. My sheep recognize my voice. So as sheep, we should know his voice because the Bible says God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. And as pastor Portia told us, we didn't just decide to get saved one day. God called us. So if we've been born again, if we've been saved, it's only because we heard the call call of God. That means we've heard his voice before. But the majority of us have never put in the time or effort necessary to become familiar with this voice. See, as human beings, we are creatures of habit. We learn through repetition. So if we hear something enough times, we become familiar with it. For example, if one of my daughters calls me, when I answer the phone, They don't need to identify themselves because I've heard their voices so many times I've become familiar with them. So if they just start talking, I will immediately respond because I know their voice. If someone I have not heard before calls as they do on occasion, I might mistake them for someone else. And start having a conversation with who I think it is. You see, it it takes some time to learn to recognize someone's voice. Watch this. As I began my walk with God. I was not always sure when I heard his voice. I could not be certain that the voice I heard was really him. And that's how it is for many of us as believers. We like Samuel have been in church all of our lives, but just are not familiar with God's voice. So we sometimes confuse it with other things and call it names like something. You know, like something told me not to do that or something told me not to get involved in that situation. Sometimes like Samuel, we confuse God's voice for some other voice. See, because until you learn how to distinguish the father's voice, it often sounds like the most dominant person in your life. The one who has the most influence. Watch this. When I first got saved, I would sit at my pastor's feet five times a week. I would be at church school on Sunday morning, then at church. I would be at men's study on Tuesday night. I would be at noonday Bible study with the seniors on Wednesday. And I would be at Thursday night Bible study. So five times a week, I was sitting at his feet. Absorbing wisdom, listening to the word of God being taught and preached. He was changing my life. So he was one of the most dominant voices that I heard. So when I got called to preach. When I would hear God speaking, I often heard his voice. Oh, watch this. To the point that the first time I preached at seminary. My seminary professor. Sat back. I had just preached delivered my first sermon that i had ever preached in my entire life in a class at seminary and the professor said this, he said, I've been teaching this class for 40 years and I've never heard anybody preach their first sermon like this. I didn't understand what he was saying to me, but what he was saying was I sounded like I had been preaching for years. But the reason was, was because I unconsciously was emulating my pastor. Because when God would give me my sermons, when God was speaking to me, I was hearing my pastor's voice. But I will never forget something that my pastor said to me. He told me there may come a time when what I say to you and what God says does not line up but you have to do what God says. See, until the word becomes more dominant than the most dominant influence in your life, you will have always have trouble distinguishing his voice. And that's why the only way you'll learn to recognize his voice is to spend time with God in his word. Because everything the Lord has to say is located between Genesis and Revelation. See, the Bible tells us in John one and one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So God is his word. It is the totality of who he is. It is his character. It is his personality. So if we get to know God's word, we'll get to know his character. So when we hear him speak, if it doesn't sound like his word, then it can't be God. See, the Bible says the reason Samuel didn't know God's voice was because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. See, if you don't know God's word, then you don't know his voice. Somebody type in the comments, you must spend time reading God's word for yourself and in prayer. Because if you get to know the word, you'll get to know his voice. The second reason why so many believers have trouble distinguishing the voice of God is because they're not listening. They simply don't want to hear it. As a matter of fact, turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And when you get there, look at verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at verse 3. And I'm reading this from the Living Bible. 2 Timothy chapter four beginning at verse three and here it reads for there is going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth, but will go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. They won't listen to what the Bible says, but will blithely come will blithely follow their own misguided ideas. Could it be that we're not having trouble recognizing his voice, but instead that we just don't want to hear it? I I told you earlier, it's a natural response to answer when we're called. But I remember as a child, my sister and I would be outside playing and I would hear my mother call and my sister would usually head for the house. Because most of the time my mother was calling us to come inside. But I would act as if she wasn't talking to me and stay outside. Oh, y'all don't look at me like that. Some of y'all were hardhead too. Usually, a few minutes later, my sister had informed her I was still outside. And my mother would appear in the doorway. And say boy didn't I say come inside. And I would say I thought you were talking to her. You see some of us don't necessarily have a problem hearing. We've simply tuned him out. Because we didn't want to hear. You know who I'm talking about those. You tell them folks. The ones who have always have a word for you but seem to have forgotten to take some before passing it down. You see, they hear the word, but pretend it does not apply to them. But if we as the church are going to have the kind of influence and impact that God intended, we've got to recognize that the word is like those oxygen masks on the plane. You've got to put yours on first. First, and then help somebody else. Oh, I know it's tight this morning, but we've got work to do. Oh, can I help somebody? See, when I was a little boy, the reason I pretended my mama wasn't talking to me was if I acknowledged that she was talking to me, I might have to stop doing some of the things that I wanted to do. See, many of us as believers are the same way. We've tuned God out because we're afraid of what he will say or what he might tell us to do. But the only way we're going to get to the place that God desires for us to be is to stop picking and choosing what we want to hear and tap into that higher frequency. Now, the third reason why so many believers are having trouble distinguishing the voice of God is because they're distracted. Jesus shows us in the parable of the sower, how the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches have affected the hearer's ability to receive what they heard. So we know that distractions can affect our hearing. Well, growing up, we used to live next to a sawmill where there was plenty of noise. There was machinery, saws, tractors, heavy equipment. So depending on where I was playing, sometimes I couldn't hear my mama when she called because of the distractions. So then she would call a little louder. But I still wouldn't respond. And after a while, she would raise her voice and get really loud and say, boy, don't make me come get you. And when I realized that things were getting serious, I would run to her and say, here I am. And she would say, didn't you hear me calling you? And I would say, no. Then she would say, you better pay attention so you can hear me when I call you. Oh, I wish y'all could see this. You see, that's why we need to get rid of the distractions so that we can recognize the father's voice. See, because there's not always going to be time for him to repeat himself. Oh, y'all better hear me. See, one of the reasons why I have a real pet peeve about people having to explain everything to your children. Sometimes it just needs to be because I say so. You have to train your children to learn to listen and to obey your voice. Mm, Watch this. One of my biggest irritations are those little white things that kids and teenagers keep in their ears all the time. See, because if your child is about to step off the curb, And a speeding car is coming. You don't have time to try to get their attention from something else. You don't have time to explain to them what's going on. They need to be attentive and always receptive to hear your voice. See, sometimes God's going to speak to you. And you need to be able to hear and obey him immediately. You don't have time for him to have to keep calling you and to keep repeating himself. Watch this as a teenager, I'd be watching television or listening to music and have it turned up too loud. And my mama would call me a few times. And after I didn't respond to her, the next thing I knew, she was standing in front of me saying, you better turn that stuff down so you can hear me. And I would say, I didn't know you were calling me. And after getting in trouble a few times, I learned to pay more attention. But some of us still have that problem where there are so many distractions that we can't hear God. And see, some of the mess we're in is still because we have not learned to tune into that frequency. See, our attention is diverted to so many other things that we don't recognize his voice. We've got our jobs our families, our fraternities, our sororities, our committees. We've got to go to this meeting and that meeting. And we're so caught up in the world. But God says, therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. See, we've got to learn to tune out social media, tune out the television, tune out the culture, tune out and tune into the higher frequency. That is God's voice by spending some quality time with the Lord. Somebody type in the comments, get rid of the noise and pay attention so you can hear. See, because there's some things that God's been trying to say to you, and he's only going to say some of these things once before you miss it. Stuff is happening so fast right now that when God speaks, you don't have time to miss what he's telling you. Now, I know somebody's thinking, well, pastor, I know we have the capacity to hear and recognize his voice. But how can I be sure God is speaking to me? How can I be sure that I'm truly hearing his voice amidst all the other voices? Well, first of all, you must immerse yourself in God's word. Because the Bible serves as our foundation. Providing us with the concepts and precepts that help us to discern the voice of God. See, by studying and meditating on the word, we develop a familiarity with his character and his ways, making it easier to identify his voice when he speaks. See, one of the things I learned years ago, see, you might not know what preaching is, but you'll know what preaching ain't. See, you may not know what truth is, but you'll know what it ain't. See, if you get in the word enough, you'll know. I I may not be 100% certain what God's voice is, but I know what it ain't. Until the point that you absolutely for certain know that it's God's voice. See, another crucial element in distinguishing God's voice is developing a consistent prayer life and that's why Paul encourages us to pray without ceasing. Because prayer is not just about us talking to God. It's also about us listening to him. And as we spend time in prayer, seeking God's presence and guidance, we open ourselves up to hearing his voice. See, you got to practice talking to God. You got to practice your prayer life. See, watch this. See, you got to learn to pray about things that don't matter before you can pray about things that do. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor? See, you ought to be asking God, God, where are my keys? See, you spend 20 minutes looking around the house for your keys instead of just asking God. You'll spend 15 minutes frustrated looking for the remote instead of asking God. You'll spend... 15 minutes in a restaurant trying to figure out what you want to eat and say, ask God, God, what's good here? And listen to his voice. See, God often speaks to us through a still, small voice. And it is in the quietness of our hearts that we can discern his leading. See, but you got to practice that so that you can tune into the frequency. See, if you've ever been somewhere and been trying to find a radio station that has a very small band, then you'll find that you can turn and tune and you'll go past it three or four times before you actually get it. And you have to slow down to actually tune into the station. See, if God's speaking in a still small voice, you got to slow down. Quiet down. And you got to practice. Until you fine tune that thing. Until you can hear him with clarity. And that's why you've got to develop a consistent prayer life. But we must be aware of the source of the voices we encounter. John warns us in his first epistle. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether or not they are of God. See, because not every voice we hear aligns with God's truth. So we must evaluate the messages we receive. See, you've got to learn to evaluate everything you receive in your spirit. See, because everything that you hear, everything that you hear inside of you, whether it's in your head, whether you whether you like, oh, you know, I, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Every feeling you have, every thought you have, every every uh, uh inkling. That's not of God. So you got to learn to evaluate that information. Those messages that you receive by comparing them to the standard of the scripture. I've seen so many people sit and say, Oh, the Lord said, that's my husband. How does you, how your husband and he married? Come on now. Get your life. See, if if the if a voice contradicts the principles and teachings of the Bible, we can be confident that it's not from God. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself promised when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us into all truth. So we can trust the Holy Spirit to guide us. And to act as our guide, helping us to discern God's voice and leading us in the right path by nurturing our relationship with the Holy Spirit through prayer, worship and obedience, we can develop a heightened sensitivity to his promptings. See, we can tap into a higher frequency and in a world filled with noise, confusion and distractions, it's crucial for us to be able to discern the voice of our heavenly father. But in order to do so, it's going to require immersing ourselves in his word. Establishing a consistent prayer life. Testing the messages and information we receive. And being sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. But just know that God is always speaking. But it's up to us to tune in and listen. See, God promised us through the prophet Isaiah. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. We just have to learn to distinguish the voice of our heavenly father in every aspect of our lives. Amen. God bless you today. I'm telling you, Pastor Portia tapped us into something with this higher frequency. We've got to recognize this is where God's trying to do. God is talking to the body of Christ. He's talking. He's always been talking, He's always been giving instruction. The problem is we're been tuned into the wrong station. He's speaking on a higher frequency. We've got to tune in to the right frequency so we can hear what he's saying to us. The Bible says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Lord is saying. See, we've got to get to that place where we can hear what he's saying to us. Because when we can hear what he's saying and do what he says, we got success is guaranteed. We're going to shift the world by simply following the instructions he gives us. God knows everything that's going on. You're panicking. You're frustrated with what you see, what you're experiencing. But God already knows all that. And God's already got the answer for it. You're frustrated trying to figure out what to do. And God says, I got the answer. I've been trying to tell you. But you got to be able to tune in and listen. We got to learn to distinguish his voice. And if you're listening to this today, you're like, man, I needed this. I need to know how to distinguish his voice. The first step is to give your life to him. He said, my sheep know my voice. See, you've got to belong to him to even tap into that frequency. You've got to be his. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believing in him would not prosper. would not not perish, but would have everlasting life. He desires you to have everlasting life. It says he saved us and called us. See, God called you to salvation and he's calling you now. You probably hear his voice, something within you right now going, man, I don't know how I found this channel. I don't know how I found this sermon. I don't know how I found this broadcast, but I felt something pulling me toward this. I felt something on the inside of me telling me I needed to hear this today. That was God speaking to you. That was his voice. You've heard it before. You've heard it telling you things that you shouldn't do, places that you shouldn't go, trying to protect you, trying to keep you. That was God all along. But the key is, are you willing to listen? He's been calling you home. He loved you so much he gave up his son to cover for your every sin. But in order to receive what he's got available for you, you've got to accept the offer. Salvation is free, but it comes with a cost. And that cost is your life. You've got to be willing to give up the life you're living for the life he has for you. You got to be willing to make him your Lord and your Savior. And if you desire to do that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died for me, and I want to make him my Lord and my Savior. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you've prayed that prayer, you are now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible teaching, Bible believing church. And if you desire that today, we want to help you with that. Just go to our website, www.lovemychurch.org. Click contact us and fill out a connection card. Let us know you received Christ today and we'll get you information to help you with your next steps in this journey. And if you want to be a part of the My Church family, we're a virtual ministry, but we have ministers that will reach out to you. Help contact you, show you how to become a part of our virtual community, have people to reach out to you and keep encouraging you along your way. But we would love to have you connect with us and be a part of the family that God is growing here. We have all the tools available to help you in this walk. But we would love to be an encouragement with you and we'd love to just be able to celebrate the step that you made today. Secondly, if you've been blessed by this ministry. And what we're doing here, and you want to help us continue to do what God's called us to do on the earth, click the donate button. Sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, Dollar Sign, MyChurchLynchburg, PayPal.me forward slash My Church Lynchburg, or you can use the Giveify app. Or just go to our website and click sow a seed. But however you sow, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel of Christ all around the world. We have a kingdom mandate to make the gospel available. And this is not a small task. We're on just about every platform available on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Google TV, and now LG TV. We're on iPhones. We're on Android phones. We're on just about everything that has a Wi-Fi signal now so that the world can have the gospel of Christ. And we're endeavoring to help as many ministries as possible get that same impact. We're expanding our reach. We're expanding our network. And so this is what God has called us to do. To be a beacon to help the ministry and the gospel of Christ go forth. So if you want to help us continue to do that, just sow a seed. If you're another ministry and you know what we're doing and you believe in what we're doing, sow a seed. Just help us continue to be what God's called us to be. Partner with us. We would love to have you do that. But thirdly, Especially if you know somebody who needs this message that you've heard today. Share this message with somebody else. Be a blessing to somebody else. But God bless you today. We love you. I'm Pastor Tuck. Stay tuned for our announcements. I'll see you again on next time. God bless you. And thanks for watching The Word at My Church. At My Church, we help people get better by teaching them how the Word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the Word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church Channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church Channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.